Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. We're back for week seven and sadly Michael could not join us this week, but it is Austin's birthday so it looks like he's going to have a one heck of a weekend trying to catch up in the standings, but you're going to have to deliver the magic for your birthday route. Well, magic started earlier this week with a little NBA hit, so let's see if we can carry it over into the NFL. What was that, like a 30-1? A to 1? Dude, that was like 320-1. to 1. That was ridiculous. I, I still can't believe you hit that. I didn't even know you posted it so early in the morning that I didn't even think to look at it. <laughs> I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know I hit it until the morning when I woke up. Oh, so you just checked your FanDuel account and you just had all that money on there? Yeah. Or your DraftKings? Yeah, that I I went to bed before the end of the Lakers Warriors game. I honestly I didn't even check it after the end of the Celtics game, and the Celtics wanted hit, so I probably had a cash out, but I didn't even know because I didn't look. They're really stubborn with their cash outs on those kind of parlays, though. But I tossed together a little seven same game parlay today. Nineteen total legs, five dollars to win twenty six grand. So. Let's see if we can hit it. Well, if that hits and we're at the bar while it hits, you're, you're buying me drinks. You're going to be buying <laughs> you drinks for your birthday. If that hits, you're buying me drinks. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the action. The Cardinals-Saints game already happened. We're recording this later in the week because of time restraints. But the Cardinals covered in what was a wild game last night. There was points on Thursday Night Football. How about that? Yeah, it, w- it was good to see the one game. The one Thursday night game I don't watch, they actually score points, so might have to just stop watching Thursday night football. For the for the betterment of humanity. There you go. But the one thing I do have to point out is who are all these guys scoring touchdowns? <laughs> I mean, Juwan Johnson I I saw I played him in DK. I actually had a pretty good DK night. Um there you go. even getting a, a zero out of Robbie Anderson. I still cashed for thirty for bucks. The brand. So. But yeah, I mean, Keontae Ingram. I know these aren't no names, but Rashid Shaheed, two total touches, two total touchdowns. All that guy does is score. And, you know, Taysom Hill is kind of a given to score, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the Cardinals covered, and we all picked the Cardinals, so we're all starting out 1 0 in the week. Someone we can't really say that keep much. Keep it going from there. Yeah, let's keep it going. But anyway, we got the Browns. Versus the Ravens. And obviously, the Ravens have kind of had a ridiculous season, if you ask me. They lead for so many points in the game and do something idiotic and screw it up. Like yeah. Lamar Jackson's pick last week against the Giants. The Giants are rolling. I mean, the Ravens don't lead for a long time, but they're still first in the AFC North. So, you're on the Ravens. I, I want to hear why. Do you not believe in this Browns team with Jacoby Brissett at the helm? I don't. I mean, I I think we could see a 30-20 to 20 game out of these two. Um, I think they'll put up points, but I think the Ravens will do enough to cover. I mean, look what happened last week with the Browns-Patriots. I was so upset. I My gut feeling was the Patriots, and I let Mike's Browns bias influence me. And... Oh, he got I, me too. I paid for it. He got me too. He got us all. And like, don't get me wrong, Bill Belichick is one hell of a coach, but 
there's no reason they should have gotten blown out like they did. Dude's a closet Browns fan. <laughs> like 38 to 15 is just pathetic at home against Bailey Zappi. Yeah. I think the Ravens win by a touchdown easy. I definitely agree with you. They need to figure out the running game. I know J.K. Dobbins had the knee swelling. It was kind of out for most yeah. of last week. But I mean, Kenyon Drake, Drake looked, looked good, good, though. Yeah, he did. I, I was shocked. That, that surprised me. So. And, I mean, Mark Andrews is a game-time decision, it looks like. He's questionable. I don't – got to look if he practiced today. My fantasy team needs him desperately. But, no, it's going to be interesting to see how that backfield develops with Drake playing so well, Dobbins coming back, Gus Edwards will be back in a week or two. Mark Andrews did practice today. So okay. That will be good to go for the game. Yeah. I guess he's going to rest on, days. What's he that? got concerned. Um, yeah. So Mike's on the Browns with his Browns bias. Probably <laughs> something along the lines of Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb, <laughs> Mari Cooper, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, the usual suspects. Yeah. But, I mean, going into the next game, the Buccaneers-Panthers, I initially, when I did my picks, had the Panthers. You did. But after the CMC trade, I am full full switching to Buccaneers. That offense has very little going for it. it has DJ Moore, who is underutilized. And I don't think... P.J. Walker has enough to get it done. He doesn't, and I'm switching as well because I did my picks before the CMC trade as well, and I forgot that I had Panthers in. Yeah. I mean, my best bet going in was CMC 150-plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown, and I thought they were just going to run the offense through him, but instead they're running him to San Francisco, so... Good for him. That'll make it a clean sweep on the Buccaneers at 11 points. Free my man DJ Moore. Yeah, free him, even though he's a center point of their team, so they say. I don't know. that A lot of teams say that and they trade him. They've gotten a lot of calls. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. But I think I think the Bucks are going to hold them to like 200 yards, under 200 yards pretty easily. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I think a good DFS spot here is definitely Foreman or Chuba Hubbard or whatever, whoever's getting the start. I think that could be a sneaky value play. I I like going the, the showdown route and just captaining Bucks defense and seeing what happens. That's not a bad option either. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk through this game much. Like, the Panthers are obviously tanking. They're going to absolutely obliterate C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young's value come Dynasty drafts in the spring. And we're just going to have to pay for that, you know? Yeah. Because I I don't know. Did you see the stat of probability to end up with a number one pick from, like, this one data site? I did not. The Panthers were, like, 50%, and the next team is, like, 7. (laughs) (laughs) It was ridiculous. So they're likely going to be picking one come springtime, but yeah, they're bad, and uh, I don't think we need to say much more. This game, however, seems a little bit more interesting. Falcons at the Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites, and obviously Mike has his Browns bias, and I have my Bengals bias. Maybe yeah. it's because I rode them to the Super Bowl last year. 
Maybe it's because I have them on my fantasy team with the double stack this year. I don't know. But I just think there's something about this team. This Falcons team is not good. Although they have been playing way better. I, I yeah. guess that just reflects our opinions in fantasy. Because Kyle Pitts and Drake London have stunk so far. But I just think the Bengals have the offensive firepower to get it done against a weaker Atlanta defense. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going to be the focal point, and their corners are all right. A.J. Terrell hasn't been playing the best this year. i got to double-check on that while, while you explain your Falcons pick. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I've i been on the Falcons pretty consistently this year, and it's been working for me. Um, I mean, the Bengals just have not impressed coming off that Super Bowl loss. Um, they are getting some covers. I mean, last week, the Saints choked that game away. Otherwise, it wouldn't have mattered. They got the loss against the Ravens, but covered the three-point spread. Uh, What was the week before that? They gave Justin Tucker too much time. And then they played the Dolphins on Thursday night and got the dub. Yeah. That was that was against Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, so was, against the Dolphins team without Tua. That was a Teddy game. Um, and then they put a smackdown on the Jets. So, I mean, they have a couple decent wins, but for the most part, I've been unimpressed. And Mariota seems to have found a second wind in his career by going to the Falcons, and he looks good. He needs to open up the offense a little bit more in the passing game, but... Um, overall, I, I wouldn't even say I think the Falcons are going to win this game. I think six and a half is just too big for them to not cover. It, it is a big spread, but this is one of those games where I've been saying this whole time where it's like, what side do you lean? Because obviously it feels like the Bengals are probably going to be where the money is with Joe Burrow and against Marcus Mariota, but... I wouldn't be surprised if I took the L in this one, but I, I have to ride with my Bengals. I think they're like one of the only, one of two teams that I've picked every week. Them and the yeah. Eagles, which obviously that's worked out pretty well. Yeah, but you know my teams. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pain. Yeah, you I have think, to watch Brandon Staley every, every night. I think that's all we really need to say about that game. I mean, going into the next game, we got Lions-Cowboys. Cowboys are seven-point favorites at home. I mean, we have a clean sweep on the board here for the Lions to cover. And, I mean, my thought process is they're getting Amon Ra back. They're probably going to have Swift back. Their offense is just going to take a, a step forward to where they were at the beginning of the season when they looked pretty solid. And has any word been said on Dak if he's playing? Oh, he's is playing. He playing? He's, he's playing, playing this week? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that could lean it a little closer to the Cowboys. But, again, with how good the Lions offense looked earlier in the season – Seven points is just a little too much for me to like. I feel like we're underrating the Cowboys' defense here. We might be. But, I mean, the Lions have a solid offensive team. I mean, you got Amon Ra, you got Hawk, you got Swift and Jamal in the backfield. I mean, they have options. So, as long as their line can give Jared Goff a little bit of time, I think they'll be all right. We're keeping the early spreads, correct? What do you mean? Like, when we when you put up the spreadsheet. Yeah. 
Okay, because that's when we technically bet it. Because the Bucks Panthers is up to thirteen, and the Lions Cowboys is down to six and a half. So okay, yeah. Whenever whatever the spreads out when we make early, the sheet, you know. So, but anyway, I mean, yeah, it kind of depends on how Dak's gonna play when he gets back. CD Lambs look good. The defenses look good. Besides, you know, I mean, last week they were all right against the high-powered Eagles offense, but. I mean, well, we'll see. This, this is a this is a is Dak ready game, and if he's ready, he's gonna shred the Lions defense. We're probably gonna regret this. But if he's not by chance, and Jerry Jones wanted to kind of rush him out there, I don't think he is. But I'll never I'll never underestimate underestimate the confidence of Jerry Jones and wanting to be right on something. But yeah. I mean, Lions by seven with Amaran Swift. I just hope their defense could hold up, but let's get into Giants-Jaguars, and you could explain the Giants' side while I have a coughing fit on mute here. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, me and Mike are both on Giants. They're three-point dogs. Jags have looked okay, um, definitely better than last year, um, but the Giants are getting it done. They're making – they're putting wins on the board. They're – Second in the division, and arguably one of the best divisions in football right now. Um, Saquon looks good. I mean, that's pretty much what, what they're relying on. That, and I think it's Daniel Bellinger, their tight end. But he's looked good. Yeah, I mean they they've been getting the wins, and I'm gonna keep riding that. I mean that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Jack. I just feel like they need some kind of bounce back. Yeah, I could see. I mean, I definitely, if this is a game that I think I could lose this week, I would, I definitely, if there's a game I think I could lose, I think it would be this one. Um, I think this one could go either way, depending on how how tough the Jags' defense plays. But they I'm going to go with the Jags. back down to earth, though. After that hot start, they had a disappointing loss to the Texans two weeks ago where we were all in the Jags. And we were on the Jags last week, too, and the Colts, you know, came back with Matty Ice just absolutely throwing the ball every play and peppering Deion Jackson and Michael Pittman. But I guess this is a Jaguars buy at this point, considering we're coming off of two straight L's with them. So I just hope Trevor Lawrence could figure out. He's he's had his flashes again. Christian Kirk's kind of slowed down from his hot uh, start of the season, but... I just, I just hope. I have high expectations for this team, and I think, I think the spread's a little too high. But I'm gonna stick with the Jags. I, I think it should swing the other way. The records are like polar opposites at this point. I'm pretty sure. And Brian Dable, I saw this tweet, is gonna get so many first-year coaches fired after year one with what he's doing. He is absolutely put in work, and if teams are going to see instant results now, they're just going to can you right away. So, yeah. But yeah, good, good for that team. I, I'm happy for them. It's been a while since they've succeeded. Obviously, I don't like they're only like a game back of us, basically. So <laughs> I run to beat it. Just gotta the one that win the ones that matter. Let's let's get into the Titans and the Colts. Obviously, the Colts, like I just said, had that big week last week against the Jaguars. Big comeback. 
I believe the Titans were on their bye last week, so they're going to be well-rested. They're coming off a win against the Commanders, where they covered the one-and-a-half-point spread. Do we think Derrick Henry's going to feast, or do we think it's the JT bounce-back game? Um, I would have to say neither. I think JT... I think they both could have modest games, but the Colts offense just has not shown me anything that makes me want to pick them in this. Two and a half points for the Titans. I mean, they're the better team. They have the better quarterback, which isn't much of a competition. I mean, it's Matt Ryan versus Tannehill. I'd give it to Tannehill any day of the week. They have... I would would say wide receiver-wise, the Colts have them beat just because Pittman and Pierce and their tight end duo trio, I would have to say outweigh the Titans receiving core. Um, and then running back, I'm giving it to Henry over over JT. So I think the Titans just haven't have more to get it done with than the Colts and have shown that they can get it done unlike the Colts. I mean, I'm right there with you. We have a clean sweep across the board. I, I just feel like that the Colts are coming off a little too much of a high that comeback, and I feel like this is a, a prime letdown spot against a team that can control the ball. I am concerned about Tannehill. Doesn't have anyone to throw to. Traylon Burks isn't back. Robert Woods has looked actually really decent. The Rams are kind of missing him. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I feel like this is going to be one of those low-scoring, like, 17-10 kind of game, 17-14, where the Titans cover barely, like, one of those kind of games. Yeah, I could see it. Both defenses are messes, though, at this point, and who knows? This this could be a this could be the shootout of the week. I don't think it will be, but there's a small possibility it could be. But yeah, Titans. Uh, I, I think they co- cover comfortably. Let's go into the Packers Commanders, where we have another sweep. This time in favor of the Packers at four and a half point favorites. I I preach it every week where this is one of those times where I feel like I should bet commanders because the line is way too low. But like, it seems what the Packers have been an absolute disaster this season. So I'm not all that surprised that the line's this low. If you were to see this line at the start of the season, you'd be pitching yourself and putting your life savings on the Packers. But they got to figure some things out. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, you could get in the backfield situation considering you have them both on your fantasy team and it has not panned out because well, they don't know how in, to use them. In one regard, it has. I mean, I did just trade away A.J. Dillon, so I only have Aaron Jones now. Um, But no, they need, to, they need to go after one of these disgruntled wide receivers. I mean, go get D.J. Moore. Go get Elijah Moore. Go get someone. Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, they're in, in talks for Claypool. I mean you got to bolster your wide receiver core with, I mean, you're running Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, unless, is, is he hurt? He's hurt. He's, I yeah, think he's so you're not even have him. You're running two rookies out there with Robert Tunyon. Like, it's just not great. Go get some wide receiver help. We've been saying this. We've been preaching this for years, though, and it just never happens. Never. I mean, I don't know what is up with the Packers brass if they're just that stubborn, but I mean, like, the the fact that, that you let Devontae go and did nothing to 
replace him really except draft two rookies. Like, I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm pissed at that alone. Like, you're not you're showing him that you not want to give him any weapons like you have his entire career. I'm honestly surprised that he decided to stay with the Packers and not retire or go to Denver or go somewhere else. I mean, when you get that big of a check, it's not really that hard. <laughs> I, I guess so. But yeah, I mean, there's so many options, but we've we've pivoted every option to the Packers, it seems like, for like two, three years now. Even as a even just as a help to Devontae when Devontae was there. They had no one behind him. And obviously that shows now, but Man, it's rough out there, and especially for the commanders as well. Like it's it's not any better for them. Carson Wentz is out for what was it four to six weeks, or was it six to eight? I don't remember the exact time frame with a broken finger. Yeah, I think it's I think it's six to eight, four to eight, depending on how his rehab goes. I mean, the one thing that kind of makes me want to switch my pick from Packers to Commanders is the fact that Taylor Heineke's playing. He is magic. We've seen it before. Um, so, I mean, I might, I might let the, the Packers fool me once more before I stop taking them, but that's what I feel like. I mean, they got blasted by the Jets last week, like 17 point home loss to the Jets when you're seven and a half point favorites. Like that was ugly. Hey, we were both on them. We were both oh, on them. Oh, I know. Jets, 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 baby. And that, that's a perfect segue into the next game, Jets-Broncos, where we're clean sweeping with the Jets. You can't. It's basically a pick them at a one-point spread. You can't trust the Broncos, can you? Not while Russ is cooking. The Danger Witch. Did you see that new commercial? Oh, dude, I I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> well, let's talk about it when Mike's back, because he'll, he'll probably do another one. But, man, the media is just laying into my man Russ. He's not my man, but... Because, uh, yeah. well, he was, Mike would say that, considering I, you know, petitioned for him to get out of Seattle, and look how that's turned out. But, yeah. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett looks lost as a head coach. Ah, there's just... The team's something. <laughs> yeah. At least this game isn't in prime time. That's all I'll say about that, but it's just tough. Because this offense had such high expectations. Obviously, Javante Williams had that horrific knee injury. Jerry Judy has not looked good at all. He seems to drop everything that comes his way. And, I mean, the defense has played good. I could, we could say that. It, yeah, definitely can say that. It's it's led to a lot of boring primetime games, but they played good. And can't take that away from them, but... There's drama on both sides of this game, though. Elijah Moore went from taking a personal day to spending a day with family to requesting a trade to being ruled out for Sunday's game. Because the Jets are like, we're not going to play you and we're not going to trade you, so have fun on the bench. Yeah, it's weird what's going on there, but I think between Brees Hall, Michael Carter... Uh, Garrett Wilson, the rest of their offense, I think they'll win this game comfortably. I think they will, too, on the back of their defense. This is going to be a low-scoring game. If Zach Wilson somehow figures it out, because he's been just as bad, but he doesn't get any of the headlines because they're winning football games. Yeah. But obviously, 
if one of your star receivers that you drafted in the second round just one year ago asks out after six weeks, <laughs> it's not good. It, it can't be good. So we'll see what happens there. I I feel like they move him, but honestly, I, it's anyone's guess what they do. But yeah, lots of drama surrounding this game. I feel like out of spite, they could just hyper-target Garrett Wilson this game just to rub it in Elijah Moore's face. I don't know if the coaching staff is like that, but hey. Who knows? I think it might be the Brees Hall show again. It's t- they got a, The Broncos got a tough run defense. They also have Sertan out there on the island, so I don't know if they'll have to target Garrett Wilson. Maybe maybe with Corey Davis Day, but we'll see. Let's move on to the Texans Raiders though, which I thought was going to be a clean sweep, but um, yeah, Mike, Mike surprises us yet again by taking the Texans. That feels like a trap. I mean, it very well could be, but. In my opinion, the Raiders are just the better football team, and I think six and a half is nothing for them. I mean, it should be, but when your wide receivers are running into each other, like... Yeah. I think they'll address the issues that they had. I mean, what have they been looking like so far? Last week, they were they were on bye last week. They were on bye, yeah. Week before that... They played the Chiefs in that... Played the Chiefs in that, in that shootout. Yeah. Good Monday night game. And then before that, it was the Raiders-Broncos. And they won won. by nine at home. Yep. I mean, they're playing decent football, so... Yeah, they're playing good football, but I I feel like Mike's on the Damian Pierce train here. I mean, he very well could be, but I don't think Damian Pierce is... He's him, but he's not that guy that can will his team to a victory. Yeah, he's going to get replaced next offseason, but we're not ready for that combo. We saw we saw what happened to all the low draft capital running backs. They always seem to get replaced. But anyway, I think the Raiders are indeed a better football team. I feel like this is a matchup where Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller's out, so it's not going to be Darren Waller, but it's going to be Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and I feel like they're going to shine. So I don't think the Texans have the defensive firepower to keep up with those two. And Derek Carr, who's been playing okay football. I just think it's one of those games where you you look at it, you're like, okay, Raiders by seven, move on. You got anything to add, or are we actually moving on? Not really. I think we can move on from that. All right. Well, I'm going to let you start with this, because this is your brand. It is Seattle at the Los Angeles Chargers, and th- I wish Mike was here, because this would be a battle of the brands at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Seahawks have looked pretty good. I mean, Kenneth Walker is is that guy. He is that um, guy. Still salty that I dropped him a week before Penny gets hurt, or the week that Penny got hurt. Can't believe that. Um, otherwise, my fantasy team would be looking real solid. But regardless of that, I mean, all the char- – I mean, the char- – the Chargers are not going to have to deal with Sertain locking up Mike Williams the entire game. I think they're having Keenan back this week, so they're going to have Keenan, Mike, Will, Palmer. I mean, they force-fed Eckler last week. I, I, I think it's just an easy play for the Chargers. I mean, I think unless they're struggling to move the ball downfield and score, I. 
I think they'll just outshoot the the Seahawks if it becomes the shootout. I think that's where it's headed. I mean, obviously this season for the Chargers has been kind of rough. I mean, the Herbert injury, J.C. Jackson getting benched last week before the half. That's not good. Your high-priced corner acquisition. Uh, it feels like this game's headed for 70-some points. <coughs> it is the highest over-under, so... This is another game where I'm just riding my brand, and if it's one I lose, I'm not going to be surprised. I think this game ends up easily in the in the 70s, like I said. I, I think Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker, DK, Gino has been playing surprisingly good football. It's too much to handle for the Chargers defense, and Seattle's defense hasn't been all that good either, and we know the Chargers have their stable weapons as well, like you said. So I'm just going to roll with the points here. I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring close game. Yeah, I I could agree with that. But we move on into the Chiefs and the 49ers. Obviously, the big news, kind of, kind of thankful we didn't do this podcast earlier because now we can talk about CMC on the 49ers. Yeah, so I mean, I think I saw an article today where he might not end up playing this week. Um... But if he does, it's most likely going to be a goal uh, red zone package. I mean, that, you so, have to do that. I mean, if he does play, I think he scores once, maybe twice, if the 49ers can move the ball down the middle of the field. Um, the Chiefs defense hasn't shown that teams can't do that against them, so... This could be I mean, this is a sneaky game of the week potential. I don't even know if it's sneaky anymore. It definitely is, but if it was like a a six point spread, six and a half, I'd lean more towards the Niners. But two and a half is more than enough. I mean, the the Chiefs will have Butker back, so if it does get to the point late game where it's tied and they need a game winning field goal, they have that guy. So I think the 49ers are better than they get credit for. Obviously, they're coming off that disappointing loss to the Falcons last week by two touchdowns. Yeah. And there just feels like one of those spots, like, what was it, three weeks ago, where the Rams played the 49ers on Monday Night Football, they're like, oh, this is the Rams bounce back pretty easily because the 49ers were favored, and we're like, the Rams are probably the better football team, and uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But obviously the Chiefs' offensive line is better than the Rams. Obviously that bar is on the floor at this point, but... We're all going Chiefs here. I think I think we all think the offense is good enough to keep that spread from happening and keep them in the lead by three-plus points when the game ends. Obviously, that's why we're picking them. I don't know why I'm spieling about that, but I, I just believe in Kansas City. I think we all do. Travis Kelsey's insane. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is getting involved, unlike last week where he had zero receptions and busted everyone's parlay. Juju was involved then, but they're spreading the ball around. Clyward, Slayer, Jerick, and Kinnon out of the backfield. If that defense steps up, the team's probably going to the Super Bowl. I, I feel like we know this. Uh, if they get past the Bills. But, yeah. You got any thoughts on the Chiefs here? No, I think they I think they win and cover pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, they did lose last week, but like we said, it was to the Bills. So, like... Yeah, and it was a close game, so the I don't put that? much weight in that. 
it will that will matter coming down the stretch when we do our playoff picks probably. Yeah. But that is a ways away. What are we? Eleven weeks out? Twelve? I'm doing that. Yeah. Insane amount of time. We got a lot of time left in the regular season, so I hope you folks are enjoying it. But let's move on to the Sunday night game and another one of your brands. This is a obviously a hometown kind of brand. Steelers versus Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by seven. Looks like Tua's going to be back. I think Waddle's going to play. I'm pretty sure he is. But, yeah, Pat Primer's going to play for the Steelers. So both teams are getting offensive weapons back. But you have the Steelers plus seven. I want to hear why. I I, I know it's probably going to be a uh, a biased thing. but Well, I stuck with them last week. I've been riding with the Steelers every week. Pretty much. I think I've taken them every single week. I think you have. Uh, no, I took them against the Bills. I took the Bills, I think. Or no, I took the Steelers against the Bills. So, yeah, I, I've been riding with the Steelers every week. And I've been losing every week. Nice. And I ride with them when they play the Buccaneers against the hometown enemy, Tom Brady, and they get it done. They did get it done, and now they restore. They your get it done after losing Kenny Pickett with a secondary that was battered to all hell. They're getting Minka back. I I like seven points. I mean, as much I, I want to see them win, but I think seven points is enough that even if they don't, that they cover. Yeah. I mean, unless unless the defense just falls apart and lets the Dolphins do what they did in Week One, where Tua threw bombs to Tyreek and Waddle, and they both had, like, 150 yards and so many touchdowns. Like, unless that happens, which I don't see that happening, but uh, give me the Steelers. Hey, that's that's fair. I mean, obviously, the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are a good football team. Obviously, Brady's been playing all right. Like, going back to earlier, if they were spotted, like, 10 or 11 points to any other team besides the Panthers, I feel like we'd be on the other team. The Panthers yeah, are probably not a football team at this point. But anyway, back to this game. I just feel like the Dolphins are too much offensive firepower for the Steelers to keep up with. And obviously, now that I said that, it's going to be like a 10-3 kind of game. But I don't know. I feel like Tyreek, how are they going to cover Tyreek? That's, that's my big question. Like, I know they covered Chris Godwin and Mike Evans last week, but Tyreek's, Tyreek's a whole different animal. We know that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that makes me happy is our our secondary last week was not our starting, like, our, our main guys, and they were able to do that to them. So hopefully they have good practice this week, get, get themselves right, and come out and – I mean, if Tyreek has six for 80 and a touchdown, I think that's a win on the Steelers' defense part. Yeah, that's just how good Tyreek Hill is. I gotta check if Xavier Howard's uh, coming back yet. I know he was hurt with the the hamstring on Sunday night. I feel like that would be big against Deontay, obviously, with Kenny Pickett there. Yeah. He, plan- he planned to play last week. I just missed it. But yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we see a Chase Claypool kind of breakout game, so he increases his trade value. You never know. But Kenny Pickett doesn't look as way as often as George Pickens 
or Deontay. Obviously, that man Deontay hates Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I, did you see his Instagram story like last week? Yeah. It was after the game that Mitch Trubisky won them, and then it was him and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal oh. stuff from the wide receiver room. I guess Tomlin is a better coach than we all give him credit for, because he's somehow keeping this together and winning games, because I know, like... Like the Joe Judge to Brian Dable example. Like if this was if this was a mid tier head coach, I don't know who I'd name off the top of my head. I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus. Actually I will. Zach Taylor. <laughs> I'll throw him under the bus. With Zach Taylor what's the Steelers record right now? It's still bad. Two and four? Yeah, I, I believe it's two and four. I don't think they'd have a win with Zach Taylor. Yeah, probably not. So Mike Tomlin's done an impressive job. Obviously not gonna be coach of the year or anything with two wins, but there's some better candidates out there. Cough, cough, Brian Dable. But yeah. I've been impressed. But let's move on to an absolute banger of a Monday night game that they scheduled. <laughs> Who will pick this one? Whoever's been picking the rest of the primetime games. Yeah, they should uh reevaluate. But anyway, we got the Bears at the Patriots. Patriots eight-point favorites, and it looks like Mac Jones is going to be ready. Whoever's speeding down my street, thank you for that. But anyway. I mean, regardless of who it is, if it's Mac or Zappy, I think they take care of business. I mean, if anything, this could be trap game of the week, and we're just all wrong. That's and the what Bears I'm show, the, the Bears show something and cover. Um, But, I mean... If the Patriots play football like they did last week against the Browns, I mean, it's you you could pack it up. Yeah, this is more so. I'm saying the Patriots defense versus the Bears offense. I think I don't know if this can be a bold take or not. I think Bailey Zappi is a better NFL quarterback than Mac Jones. I've seen I enough. Would, I'd probably agree with you on that. And I don't know if you saw the reports that Mac Jones needs like an attitude adjustment or something. Like, he's clashing with the, the coaching staff and whatnot, and I don't know. I feel like Bailey Zappi gives this team a better chance to win games than Mac Jones does. But obviously, draft capital talks, and when you're a first-round pick, you're going to get multiple starts to the job. But I, I feel like Bailey Zappi's earned enough. That I, yeah. I, I mean, I would, I'd have to say at this point... If, if that's going on in the locker room, I would say that Mac Jones' leash is getting a little bit shorter, and all it's going to take is a couple bad performances, and they could go to the rookie. I know I know when we discuss PFF grade, it's a little, you know, touch and go because of, you know, some of the stuff they hand out, but... Bailey Zappi's PFF grade is 72.7. It's, you know, it's the light green color for those, you know, who like to color code things on uh, football grades. And Mac Jones, I believe, is 58.4. So, pretty pretty big difference there. Yeah, I mean, when you have two passing touchdowns and five picks, you're not going to get graded well. Yeah. But, yeah, we... We need to get into our... Uh, I don't think we need to talk about this game much more. Obviously, the Bears have felt like they've been overmatched for most of the season. The front office yeah. is a train wreck. The coaching staff is also a train wreck. The personnel is a train wreck. 
they're the ones that should be tanking as hard as the Panthers, but it doesn't seem like they are. That's because they're the Bears. Bears gonna Bears. I don't know where they're at in the draft pick order right now. I know it's I know they're up there, but I don't know exa- the exact spots. But as per lock of the week, would you like to start us off with your lock? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. I mean, that's obviously a great pick, <laughs> especially when they're favored by less than three points. Now, based on how my performance in lock of the week has gone this year, go and bet against them because I'm one for five, one for six. Yeah, one, so one for five. You're one for five. This this hasn't happened yet. A one for six. Oh, I I thought you were doing the record, but anyway. No, one for six on on locks of the week. So. Are all of our games sweeps that we picked? I I believe they are. Yeah. Mike picked the Lions against the Cowboys. Obviously, he's probably in on the offense coming back, and Dak maybe not looking the best on his first game back from injury. But as for me, I picked the Jets because obviously you look at this, you look at the spreads, and it's very easy to pick against the train wreck that is the Denver Broncos. And you know, maybe I'll be wrong on this one. I'm feeling a little iffy than I was last week. Obviously, I got last week wrong with the Jaguars, but I mean, I, I think they're a lock this week. I, I just, the Broncos are a mess. Yeah. But let's get into best bets, and I think you could start us off because I'm, I'm excited because if yours happens, I might make a lot of money this week. Yeah, I mean, well, Mike, we'll start with Mike. His was D-Hop, 60 reception yards on any yeah, time touchdown over. at 210. Got the yards, didn't get the touchdown, so Mike takes it out, but he's still leading comfortably. I was flabbergasted when they, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling out the big words here. When they threw a goal line fade to the shortest wide receiver in the NFL, you said you weren't watching, so you probably missed that, but what in <laughs> God's name was that decision, Cliff? That's called Thursday Night Football. That is Thursday Night Football in a nutshell. I, I could not believe that. You have DeAndre yeah. Hopkins and you throw... We're moving on anyway. I, I can't. But yeah, so I'm going to – Kenny Pickett's coming back. He's going to target his boy. I'm going George Pickens anytime touchdown, plus 285. I think those are pretty solid odds for him. I, I love that. I'm probably going to do the all yards on George Pickens and parlay it with a touchdown. I don't like betting anytime touchdowns in primetime games. I said that last night. Obviously, I was mad when I bet Alvin Kamara a first touchdown and it went to Rashid Shahid. But <laughs> – Anyway, uh, I like it. I bet up his yards the one week, and it hit. What was it against the Bills where he had like 80-plus yards? It was like 5-1. to one. They, they undervalue George Pickens' role in that offense. I'm going to be interested to see if the sports books are still doing that. But I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, 80-plus rushing yards. Obviously, if I pick the Jags, I believe the, the Jags' rushing attack is going to be a main proponent of that. And, I was going to bet rushing and receiving yards, but that props not up, so I might change that. But I'm going to stick on Travis Etienne here. I He's been looking good these past couple weeks. He's been breaking off long runs, and I feel like 80 is going to be easy for him to get, especially against the Giants. So, obviously, I'm thinking of the Giants as well, but they still haven't looked the greatest against the run. But I think, I think he'd get it done. Yeah, I mean... It's all going to depend on the, the workload split with James Robinson. And the game script. I'm really relying on a lot of stuff here, actually, now that I think about it. But we're going to roll with it. 
Actually, they've Cam been good against fantasy points to uh, running backs. They've been allowed the 10th least. But yeah, he, he's, he came close to this number against Houston on 10 carries, and he hit it last week against Indy on 10 carries. So he's been wildly efficient, and we'll roll with it. But that closes out here. You got anything to add? No, not really. No birthday knowledge? No. Hopefully the Celtics and Phillies can get it done for me today. Uh, hopefully the Phillies will we'll be watching the Phillies game. But, yeah, that does it here for us at the Week 7 Sideline to Sideline podcast. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, with Mike back. He's been he's been putting overtime on his job. Yeah. He's, he's been making that money. In. Unfortunately, he can't be here, but we'll have him back next week. A big happy birthday to our co-host, Austin. Hopefully that... Hopefully that mega parlay hits tonight, and we're Can getting we wild at the bar. <laughs> but anyway, that does it, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. <laughs>